Welcome everyone to Good Night and Good Game, your source for geek news for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Hector. Hello. This week on the show, instead of tossing a bunch of news at you, we have three very specific things that we are going to talk about. The Nintendo Direct, the PlayStation State of Play, and what is going on with the game engine Unity. Before we start, don't forget you can head over to goodnight.gg, where's a patron of our show. You can suggest topics for us to talk about. Uh, as a patron, you get access to our off-week episodes. I apologize. I've been bad about posting them. We have a couple of martial arts ones uh, in the chamber that I need to get up this week. Uh, I'll go ahead and get those posted as soon as possible. We have two more martial arts ones to talk about, and then we'll be going straight into spooky season. So we've already started spooky season. It's mm-hmm. going to be great. going to be awesome. All right. That's everything for all the intros. Now it's time for the Weekly Raid. <laughs> The Weekly Raid. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. It's time for the Weekly Raid, your roundup of this week's geek news. Again, we only have three topics that we want to talk about. A bunch of news happened this week. These are the three big ones. Mm -hmm. So let's break it down. The first one, Nintendo Direct. Two of these, by the way, happened like today. Oh yeah, I was like, writing, like hours ago. I was like writing the script like while we're at work, <laughs> like trying to like work on my work project, write the show script. Like the news is playing overhead of us. It mm-hmm. was it was it was a, a lot. Uh, Nintendo Direct. All right, let's, let's jump into it. So Nintendo Nintendo's going to Nintendo. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of rumors that the, the Switch Two or whatever it's going to be called, yeah, just around the corner, was right. It, it, yeah, right. Um, but we saw none of that here. This was not about that. Um, they opened up with. Uh, more Splatoon three, you know they're just yeah. like they're like here's a single player DLC. Yeah, it seemed like Splatoon three has expanded into much more than just the uh, the multiplayer like uh, you know team based battle game that it was. Yeah, and from what I understand, it's a lot of fun, and the people who like it really really like yeah. it. Yeah. And which is cool. I love that for them. And apparently they're just making more of it. So, I mean, cool. Single player it, DLC. Yeah, it seems dope. And I mean, Sony's getting their own Splatoon. Mm-hmm. You know, that we have Splatoon at home. Yeah, that, that they're that's doing. true. We're going to talk about that later, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I might play that one because yeah. I, I didn't buy a Switch. So, let's see here. Oh, there was a, uh, back in the day on the GBA, there was a game called Mario versus Donkey Kong. It was essentially a series of puzzles that you would play. Yeah. Um, there's a new version of that that's coming out to the Switch. And so, the concept is you play Mario and Donkey Kong has stolen something and your objective is to just clear the area basically right, right? you use switches and you know you use different puzzle mechanics I think to- the important thing about this like, there are puzzles like jump on this and this opens and jump on this and that opens and that's yeah. how you move through the level right sure. but the thing that they put a lot of emphasis on was that you have to use specific moves that Mario can do to reach certain platforms. Like, oh, I don't jump high enough to get up there, but I backflip high enough. Right. Or, you know, I don't, you know, I can't jump on top of this thing, but I can spin jump and bounce off of it. Right. Like, things like that. So, the, the first, my first thought was, like, baby's first Kaizo Mario level. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, it's a puzzle, and the puzzle isn't just the switches in the level. The puzzle is also the perfected movements of Mario. Like, do you know right. your move kit with Mario? Right. We can go all the way back to Mario 64. He had something like seven different ways to jump in that game, mm-hmm. and they were all very specific and very cool, and they all had different heights and different yeah. uses based on, like, the terrain. It was amazing. And Nintendo has retained this for quite some time. And putting it into a puzzle game, the way that people develop, like, Kaizo Mario levels for Super Mario, like, from the SNES Super Mario, like, this seems so cool 
and so good, and I'm really on board with it. Yeah, so I, just for, if, you're, if you're unfamiliar with the term Kaizo Mario, that's a very specific genre of Mario games that actually is created by fans. Yeah. Uh, they're made to be obscenely hard levels. They are meant mm-hmm. to challenge you and your knowledge of Mario and his movement tech and how it plays. Specifically, it's usually like the Super Mario World tech. Yeah, um, a lot of Super Mario World. Um, they did it for a little while in Mario Maker, just making yeah. the most absurd levels you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, you usually see these things like uh, showcased at GDQ, mm-hmm. and um, they're always incredibly fun to watch. Please look up a Kaizo Mario speed run. Uh, usually they some cool. kind of relay race or marathon between two teams who have never played the levels before. Mm-hmm. So, so cool. So yeah, cool. they're having to learn the maps on the fly like while they're doing yeah. it. It's ridiculous. Uh, they showed off a little bit more of Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Uh, that's that new 2.5D Prince of Persia game. Yeah, so there has been a Prince of Persia game in the works for like nine years. Mm-hmm. And as far as I can tell, we have seen three different video games <laughs> with different art styles, with either 3D, 2.5D, or full 2D pixel art. We have seen it go through so many iterations. None of those games have released. Mm-hmm. So I guess we got this one. I don't know what happened to this project. Projects don't switch engines this way. Projects don't switch uh, focuses this way. It's not a thing. It's like turning an RTS into a first-person shooter or vice versa. So I don't know if those other projects got scrapped and someone hired a different studio to do this Mm. or if the studio has literally just changed gears this hard this many times. And if that's the case, then like, holy shit, do they know a lot about Prince of Persia? Yeah. I'm not going to go through everything that was shown during these. Uh, I just want to hit some of the, the really good highlights. Uh, let's see here. They had a the Super Mario RPG remake that they showed off. Yeah. If awesome. you ever played the Super Nintendo game, this was a Square Enix game, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh, before there was Paper Mario, there was Super Mario RPG. The creators of Final Fantasy made it back in the day. There was a giant rights issue for a very long time as to who owned the game because it's Mario assets, but it's a Final Fantasy battle system with, yeah. you know everything that entails. Um, but they've come to an agreement. Everything's amicable again. Um, and yeah, we're getting this remake of super Mario RPG. I'm hoping in my heart of hearts that if it does really well, this is a sign to square Enix of maybe we should do another one of these. Yeah. Is what I'm really hoping. I would love that. Uh, Like another, yeah, like, like a square Enix, like JRPG style. Like, and I know that paper Mario exists and it's existed for a long time. Mm. And that it kind of inherited the soul of Mario RPG, but I would love an actual Mario RPG Mm. too. Like, that sounds incredible. Okay. One of the things we have to talk about. New title. The Princess Peach Showtime game. This game was so ridiculous. And it looks fun. It does look fun. It looks super fun. It looks ridiculously fun. And Mm -hmm. the idea is that after 35 years, Princess Peach finally gets her own fucking game. Yeah. About time, I guess. Yeah. And so so the game looks fucking incredible. It looks like... Okay, so Princess Peach, like she does, is a princess. And she goes to, not kidding, Club Sparkle. Mm-hmm. Um, where she is confronted by an evil witch, I guess the cousin to the guy who shoots like PlayStation logos at you. I guess. It was yeah. like triangles and squares and X's and circles. Yep. Yeah, but anyway, like, like the, the, this witch shows up and like kidnaps the theater and like does all these different genres. So Peach gets to fight with her magical hairband and also like change genres with the genre of the part of the club she's in. So you get like Kung Fu Peach and like Chef Peach. Mm-hmm. And it's just a bunch of mini games and like platforming challenges. It looks so cool. It looks so much I fun. I can't wait to play it. Good for her finally getting a fucking game. Took you long enough. No Nintendo. shit. Luigi has a game. Right. And, and, and we shit on Luigi. 
Luigi. <laughs> we do all the time. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Saga Emerald Beyond. That's another game in the Saga series. Neat. It looks good. Something that I noticed, I've never been a, a person that really like, I've never been one of those gamers just like, oh God, look at that frame rate. But I'm not going to lie. I was watching these trailers today and I was like, God, the frame rate is really showing its age with the Switch Switch rate. Yeah, like it was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they showed up the new Saga game. It looked pretty interesting. Uh, the original Tomb Raider trilogy is being remastered for the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, they basically up the textures. Yeah, that's what you get. You get like yeah. one, two, and three. And I mean the original yeah, one, yeah. two, and three, not like the new Tomb Raiders. Like, like, like on your dad's PC, Tomb Raider. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Detective Pikachu coming back. Uh, they got a new new game for Detective Pikachu. Yep. I love the Detective Pikachu. I've never played the games before, but I've been watching the trailer for this one. It was like, here's Pikachu, and here's all these other Pokemon in it. And it's also, here's Pikachu's assistant, Tim. Yeah. Like the Tim. most bland name. Yeah, and, and, and here's Tim. I liked it better when it was uh, the guy from the Pikachu movie. Like like, like that, that character had, you know, character and whatnot. Yeah. And I can't tell if I am happy or sad that Ryan Reynolds isn't Pikachu. But, mm. I mean, that would have been difficult. But anyway, I like that this game came out because it's like we just had a... we, we It's not just. It was like last year. But we had a Detective Pikachu movie. Yep. And it was cool. Yeah. I have not seen it, but I have heard good things. It was cool. Uh, trombone Channel. Is going to be coming today. Got dropped on the Switch for player local co op. You've never seen Trombone Champ? I highly suggest you go on YouTube and just yeah plug Trombone Champ into there. Yeah, and see. You could probably Trombone Champ and then a title of a song you can yeah. think of off the top of just, your head. And for the record, just put it through the fire and flames and oh, just yeah. watch that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's a fun, fun, funny game. Yeah, uh, they showed off a new uh, battle royale brawler called Battle Crush. Uh, it was yeah. interesting, like the the, the, the the yeah the stage like as the battle mm-hmm. royale does disappears while you're playing it. You know what we weirdly reminded me of, mm-hmm. and um, uh, for a li- please don't kill me for making this comparison. It reminded me a little bit of Battle Right. Battle okay. Right was an old um, battler that was very much like like a MOBA fighting system, but it was strictly fights, no MOBA game. Yeah. Um, love that game to death. Uh, the, the studio that made it went on to make V rising, which is also a great game. I've talked about on the show before, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that's what that reminded me of. And it made me feel like, ah, oh, I might've played that. Like if that was on mm-hmm. steam, I might, I might, I picked that up. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So let's talk about some other things. Uh, Contra, uh, is is getting remastered? And, yeah, because yeah, Konami's uh, letting people use their licenses. Yeah, they let they basically did what we told them to, and yeah. they said, "Yeah, we're just going to start licensing our properties." So they said, "Yeah, we're going to kind of remix the original Contra games. We're going to put it out. It's going to be awesome. It looks it looks fun. I'm yeah, excited. It looks about like it. Contra. It looks like original Contra. Like whoever they got to make this game." Feel, it feels like they have some respect for, yeah. for Contra. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the next one I only want to briefly mention, it's called Unicorn Overlord. Um, it's a tactical RPG. Yep. I just want to say as somebody who is a fan of and plays a lot of tactical RPGs, you guys need to figure out the names of them. Mm-hmm. Like between Triangle Strategy and Unicorn Overlord. There are no unicorns, by the way, in this trailer. Oh, it, yeah. is, uh, it's just, it is a fantasy tactical game they just called Unicorn Overlord. Don't forget Octopath Traveler. Yeah, whether true. or not that... It, whether or not the title makes sense in context of the story. That's a weird fucking name. It is. Uh, Luigi, Luigi's Mansion 2 is going to be getting an HD remake and brought out to the Switch next summer. A uh, really big one, and I didn't know uh, when this was coming out, but it'll be happening probably when we're there. Yeah. The Nintendo Museum opens in Japan next March. Yeah, I'm excited for that. That's, we, we gotta go. We gotta go when we go to Japan. You know what they should have in it? Mm-hmm. The fucking Wii that the completionist has with every <laughs> Wii game on it because he preserved their fucking 
shit for them. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see here. What other fun things they talk about? Oh, F zero. Uh, the original like SNES F zero mm-hmm. uh, is getting one of those ninety nine battle royale modes. So like, uh, oh, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, like the, the one like, they did for Pac Man. They did it for Mario for like a limited time. Yep, they did it for Tetris. Game. Did it for Tetris. Yeah, yeah. It's like an F zero track with straight up ninety nine cars on it. Yeah, and, and I mean like SNES F zero. Yep. It's it, it looks great. It looks old school. The art is correct. Like uh, it looks awesome. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's so a lot of good stuff there. Uh, let's see here. They showed off Dave the Diver, which has apparently oh, been yeah. a hot title that everybody's Dave talking about. Dave the Diver right is now. the hot indie title this year, spe- specifically for the summer, but definitely one that people are talking about. Yeah, uh, there's some other like small stuff. Like they showed off the new uh, track pack for uh, Mario Kart. Oh yeah, they Mario said it's, it's the last one. New carts. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, this is the last uh, pack for this particular version of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Among Us is getting a new map. Uh, the big one that they kind of ended with, which is a big deal a lot of people are talking about online, is Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. Yeah. That's the original Paper Mario game back on like the, uh, or at least it was it was the one on GameCube. Um, yeah. I think there was one on the 64, but mm. the one on GameCube, The Thousand Year Door, um, is getting a remake and it's going to be coming uh, next year. Yeah. So that's really freaking cool. Lots of Mario RPG stuff going on right yeah. now. I, I love the Mario branching into different genres thing going mm. on right now. He has since the beginning of time. I mean, oh, if for we sure. go back to the... I mean, d- d- Mario Rabbids. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but, yeah. I mean, but even they that... got an XCOM. Yeah. I know. We, we have like we have a, an NES classic in our office at work. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, you punch out. He's the, the oh, ref, yeah. you know, and uh, he can golf. He, he's the he's golfer. Abs- yeah. You yeah, know, he's, he's in it all. Uh, let's hop over to the PlayStation Showcase. Uh, the first trailer that they opened up with was the game Baby Steps. If you have not seen the trailer <laughs> for this game, it is fucking hilarious. It's yep. that Octopath, or not Octopath, um, Octodad kind of game where like all the limbs operate separately on different right. buttons. Yeah, operating the limbs probably requires like three inputs per leg. Mm. Like it's that kind of game. If you're familiar at all with Bennett Foddy um, as a developer or getting over it with Bennett Foddy, the game, you'll understand what this is about. Uh, think like Quop or any of the games where movement is made complicated for the sake of entertainment. Mm. Uh, you mentioning Octodad, this is by far my favorite example. One of the greatest mm. games of this type ever made. Um, to give you an example, he obviously has eight limbs, and you can control them yourself in groups. Or you can have a co-op partner play with you who may control four limbs and you control four limbs. And there's a mode where you can make which limb you control change randomly. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it is. It's it, me and my buddy Ross played through the entire game. And it requires a lot of coordination. It was a lot of fun. Oh, okay. Uh, there's some weird stuff they showed during the PlayStation Showcase, like Roblox for the PS4. Yeah, Roblox for the PS4 was an announcement that happened today. Yeah. I I don't think it deserved a YouTube video. Nope, absolutely not. No. Uh, then they got they went into the PSVR stuff. Some uh, some Ooh. good stuff there. Yeah, good stuff uh, in VR. Ghostbusters VR. That looks super fucking cool. Like yep. if anything was going to sell me a VR headset, it was probably Ghostbusters. And Resident Evil 4. Yeah, which yeah. is the other thing that they showed. They exactly. showed off Resident Evil 4 VR, and I was like, oh, man, that looks good. Uh, and then they jumped over to the bigger news, which was Resident Evil 4 uh, DLC, the Operation Ada or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, different paths. Different, yeah, that's something like that. A, a separate paths. Yeah. Separate paths. And you get to play as Ada and do your own little story. Um, yeah. And also Mercenary Mode. Also Mercenaries. Mercenaries is back. RE4 Mercenaries. Mm-hmm. Get excited. Uh, the Avatar, the movie 
movie, not the TV show, mm-hmm. uh, is getting, of course, their their game. Yeah, um, that game is coming out. It looks kind of fucking wild. Yeah. I, I am in a, if anyone knows the show, they know that I'm a massive fan of Avatar and a massive fan of video games. I don't know if I'm going to play this. Yeah. yeah. It's like movie franchise games are a very hard sells. I will wait for reviews. But if someone says, hey, this game's fucking cool. I mean, I'm there. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. They showed off some more of the Ghost Runner 2 game. That game has been marketed to death at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Everyone is like, if you liked Ghost Runner, here's a better Ghost Runner. And, I mean, I liked Ghost Runner. I mean, I played it on Switch. Yeah. Uh, not Switch. Game Pass. I played it yeah. on Game Pass. So it's not like I have skin in the game. Like, I bought yeah. it. But at the same time, like, I mean, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'll, I'll play part two. Uh, new colors for the PlayStation and controllers. We were expecting and, those. And, and the side panels. Yeah, the, specifically the side panels. Yeah, yeah, yeah they got so red can, and blue. And it's called, what did they call it? The, the Earth? I don't know. It had some weird name to it. It was like the Earth Colors, but it was red-blue. Yeah. And, and so back in the day, and I realize this is a, I'm, I'm not the general audience for this. Back in the day, I was always really proud of like displaying my consoles. Mm-hmm. Like like my, my, um, my GameCube has a sticker wraparound on it that is the Hellraiser cube. Nice. So that's what, it, that's what it looks like. That's fucking dope. Um, I didn't so know that I was used a thing. To, I used to love that shit. And, um, and, I was, and I think normally I would be super excited about, oh, a cool, a new pan- side panel for my PlayStation. But my PlayStation 5 currently lives behind my TV mm-hmm. because if I put it into the cabinet underneath <laughs> my TV... It explodes. There's no airflow. Yeah, there's no airflow, so it just explodes. Yeah, and you put um, Final Fantasy 16 in that bitch, yep, it's and done. the apartment catches fire. Yeah, so love <laughs> it, but yeah, probably I'll, I'll probably pick up a new controller, though. Oh, yeah, a red controller sounds dope. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Helldivers 2, they shut off some more of that. If you're unfamiliar yes. with it, it's a third-person uh, space shooter. Where yeah, the, the thing 4X, like, um, you know, one, one of the children of Left 4 Dead, like yeah. Left, uh, Left 4 Dead, it's like, Four player PVE, um, Deep Rock Galactic, and things like that. Yeah. Um, Very yeah. Starship Troopers adjacent. Yeah. This one is like a permanent, always on friendly fire. And like most of the game, the reality of the game is like you're on a planet, and when you die, you can drop back onto the planet, and any of the equipment you call down and drops onto the planet's surface. And you're the one calling it down, so you get to pick where it lands. Mm. So you need to understand that you can kill your teammates with this. <laughs> right. You also need to understand that you can kill enemies with this. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a lot of... The, the, the game is designed for to for y'all to you to communicate with your party, and I love that. Mm. Because, like, it's really easy to shoot your friend in the back of the head and just end your whole run. Yeah. Uh, they showed off a lot of Spider-Man 2. A lot of Spider-Man 2. Lots of Spider-Man lot, 2 costumes. Yeah, a lot of costumes. This was like, the costume trailer. And, and, and don't, 65. And that is not, 65 different comic book iterations plus all the ones they've made for the game they said at the end of the day there were 200 different costumes in this game ridiculous insane yeah but also awesome and i'm gonna change suit 10 10 pre-orders yeah yeah yeah. 10 one 10 just for pre-ordering the game yeah um not like paying extra it's not dlc that you can buy later it's just if you pre-order the game you get 10 costumes right off the bat yep I love it. Uh, yeah, they said that you can swap characters fairly freely, ex- with the exception of some quests. Right, so. yeah. Some quests are going to be, like, major stories, but the rest is, like, do you want to be Miles? Do you want to be yeah. Peter? You can do the street crime with either. They have yep. different kinds of powers. They yep. have different approaches to things, mm-hmm. you know? And they'll have different dialogue with characters. Yeah, one of the things that you pointed out was the quest markers are very diegetic in the world. Right. I was mostly thinking about Ghost of Tsushima, where, like, you ha- happen upon, like, like a-, a wagon on fire in the road. That's a quest marker. Yeah. But it, it, it's not like a person with an exclamation mark over their head. Mm. 
And really good open world RPGs use this as a way to like, it, it like signal to you that something's going on, but not make right. it feel like a video game. It immerses you. They're doing a lot to do this in Spider-Man and I'm so here for it. I love it. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. Everything about Spider-Man 2, that comes out in like a month. Yeah, yeah, October so. 20th. Uh, it is currently September 14th. Yep. So yeah, can't wait. Uh, let's see here. They showed off uh, the Tales of Arise, the the new one of the Tales yeah, there series. Were, there was a lot of JRPG going on yeah, today. Yeah, a lot of JRPG. for Nintendo and Sony. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, Star Rail was one that you were familiar with that I, I had never Honkai seen. Star Rail is by the same people who did Genshin Impact. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a Hoyo, Hoyo something. Hoyo something game. Um... And uh, yeah, it's it, it's a gachapon fucking you know video game. Some people really love it. You can play the entire thing without paying any money, but it's designed to milk you for money. So do with that what you will. And it's also not like mil not milk you for money and like you pay for power. Milk you for money in that it's kind of a gambling simulator. Yeah, it's kind of like you know those little things where you used to get like the Kinder eggs out of the machines at like by the door yeah. at a Pizza Hut, and there were like twelve different toys and eggs in the vending machine. Yep. And there were like 50 eggs in the vending machine. Mm -hmm. So you could get 12 and get the same one 12 times. Oh, we're, or you could get Oh, 12. when we go to Japan, we're, we're stopping at one of those gachapon oh, for sure. machines. And the, like, like that, that's the deal. That, that's what these games are. They're designed to like take your quarters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like if that's your thing, I say more power to you. Some people really like that stuff. And when you package it with an interesting looking anime-ish RPG, like yeah. I don't fault anyone for liking that. Yeah. Uh, they shut off some more of Foam Stars. By the way, can I just, Sony, I know that you listen to this show, obviously. Can I just point out, maybe you guys need to understand what a foam party is, like like Google what a foam party is, uh, before you keep using that phrase in your trailers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, what if Splatoon was called tentacle porn? <laughs> It's not, it's just not okay. Yeah. And like, like, like I know it's tentacle porn and it's a bad example because it's not one-to-one, -one, but like foam party is a thing that has a, is a phrase that has meaning to people. Right. It, it is a compound word that, that, that it, upside down pineapple. If you call their game upside down pineapple, people would be like, what the fuck is this game about? What's about people shooting each other with foam? Are you sure? <laughs> right. Are you sure about that? Are you sure that's what this game's about? <laughs> oh yeah. So that's their whole. That's their whole like uh, answer to uh, Splatoon. Right. It yeah, looks interesting. Their, we have Splatoon at home. Yeah. 100%. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the big thing they ended with because we saw Spider Man like halfway through the PlayStation presentation. We're like, yeah. what can you possibly close out with at yeah. this point? Um, yeah, Final Fantasy VII Part Two. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII Part Woo. Two. We got a big trailer that was for a it. Big trailer. It was showing off like not just like cool new features in the RPG mechanics and the upcoming game, but also a lot, a lot of fan service mm -hmm. and like the right kind of fan service for fans, not just of Final Fantasy VII, but of Final Fantasy VII Remake, who have already been through the story, who know what the differences are and know where it might be going. Mm -hmm. This was... Yeah, the trailer specifically points out, like, oh, if this reunion happens, like, worlds will converge. And the way that they say it in the trailer mm -hmm. really has that air of, like, uh, multiverse to it. Yeah. It's like, this is definitely a different Final Fantasy VII than the one you played growing up. Mm -hmm. This is the multiverse of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. It's all going to collide here. Yeah. No, there's this, like, 
God, there was this moment, and we get to have to describe it. It was a combination. It was a combo attack. It was like, all right, these two characters attack together, and they showed a bunch of characters doing mm-hmm. it. But they did one for Sephiroth and Cloud, mm-hmm. and it was like this big X attack. And during the animation, about halfway through, both of their swords touch a little bit, and they make eye contact. Yeah, and then they like, like, like shing across the screen from each other and complete the move. And it's super cool, but it's like, you know oh. what you did. Whoa. You know what you did <laughs> like, there. There is like a subtext under the subtext. There are <laughs> layers to this. This is an ogre onion. This is, what was that episode of Black Mirror where you could fuck your friend in Street Fighter? Yeah. Like this is that, that many layers of subtext in this one fucking Final Fantasy game move. Yeah. It was wild. It yeah, was, absolutely. I'm here, for it. I'm here for it. I'm super excited about it. We got a date for it, by the way. I think it was like February 29th. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. 2020, February can we stop? Can we just take a second? To just, I know we talked about this before when we saw the first trailer for this, but the fact that Square Enix is making a point to emphasize the fact that the second episode of this game takes place on two discs. Yeah. Like, they, that's a part of their marketing is they're just like, by the way, Final Fantasy VII Part Two takes place on two discs. Yeah. Like, no, I... What? <laughs> I got very obnoxious in the office today about this. This is the type of thing that pisses me off. <laughs> Video games don't run off of discs anymore. I know that you can buy a disc at the store and you can put it in your PlayStation and it'll be like, okay, I have a disc in me. I'm going to download this game from the internet now. Yep. And play it on my M.2 hard drive that is as fast (laughs) as a stick of RAM inside my console that is a terabyte large. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you inserted a 40 gigabyte Blu-ray into me that spins at less than one one one-hundredth of the speed I can access information (laughs) at in my hard drive. I sent you two of these discs. Right? What are they doing? What are the discs doing? Can anyone explain this to me? Unless the disc comes with a like separate feature, it's just like Advent Children. Like it's, you got the Blu-ray of Advent Children. That's where the second disc is. Because why is there a second disc? Why is there a first disc? And maybe I get people like owning discs, so there's one disc. Adding two discs is a fucking farce too far. That, no, I'm sorry. Like, it's like, the year of our Lord 2023. We're like, you're going to have a insert disc two option. Oh I don't, don't want to insert disc one. If, like, if a game asked me to insert disc two between cutscenes on my PlayStation 5, I might uninstall life. <laughs> like, this is, no, what are we doing? Everything is a joke. I, re- I really am in a simulation. It's, it's like, it's too much. I'm in the Matrix. And I keep going back to this point, but they've been emphasizing over the last several trailers yeah like like it's like, on two it, discs, it is. Guys. like that's super exciting uh it's, chat chat you're mentioning didn't uh final fantasy 7 have four discs yes it had it had yes, four the original discs final fantasy 7 back had, when you had 200 megabytes on a on a disc eight had four discs <laughs> i believe seven had two maybe three discs. i think i think seven was three discs mm-hmm. i want to say yeah. but yeah you're right it was multiple discs back yeah. in the playstation one era right when that when when your memory when there was no internal hard drive in the console and the memory card was eight megabytes right. yeah they games came on two or three discs sometimes like, four. Like, when square Enix is telling you like oh get excited final fantasy 7 part 2 is going to take place on two discs my first 
thought is like, did you just encode the game poorly? Well, all I can think is like two Blu-rays is 80 gigs. Are you telling me this game is like 80 gigs? Because I don't believe you. Right, because I know that I just downloaded Starfield. That's like 120. Exactly. <laughs> so let's let's figure Fucking out compression Tears here a little bit. The Kingdom on the Switch had a 16 gig footprint. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, but that's everything that was shown at the PlayStation Showcase. Yeah. Uh, so we said that we had three news items to talk about this week. Instead of doing a million, we wanted to, to really hunker down and talk about three. The next one is a very important one if uh, and relevant to the games industry at large. So what we're going to be talking about specifically is a game engine. So Unity is the second largest game engine in existence. The big one is, is Unreal. Uh, right under that's Unity. A lot of developers, especially indie developers, go with Unity because uh, it's a cheaper option. It's much more easily accessible. It's a little easier to code for. Yes, if you compare them side by side, Unreal graphically blows away Unity. Right. But it's also... Unreal is also expensive. It's expensive and, it's, and hard to code for. Yeah, you need a team for art assets. Right. You need a team for physics. You need a team for scripting. Um, Unreal Engine is an engine that you make Assassin's Creed with. Yeah. It's an engine that you make um, Dead Space with. Unity is an engine that, you know, you make Darkest Dungeon 2 with. Yep. That you make Slay the Spire with. It, it, it's an indie mm. game development tool. And it is priced accordingly, or at least it was. Yeah, so... <sighs> Let's talk about this. And I have a lot of facts for us to go through before we get to the actual discussion, so just hang with me while we go over this. Um, what happened this week was that Unity decided they were going to change their terms of service. That starting in 2024, what they were going to do is they were going to charge developers for not only using their game engine to make video games, which they currently do, which it's like Photoshop. They, they pay for the license. Um, but what they're going to do is every time a user installs a game made using their engine they will charge the developer that money for just an install of the game right so here's how it'll work regardless of how a copy of a game is obtained uh so let's say somebody pirates the game right after a certain amount of sales slash revenue unity will begin charging the game developer for not only using their game engine to make their game but because somebody installed the game. So developers are really furious. Now, just a few hours ago, Unity came out and made a post online about this, but this is not the final post about it. Originally, there was supposed to be a town hall, like online, like this morning, a press conference. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, um, somebody called in death threats to several of the Unity offices, which is kind of scary because... Hector and I work across the street from one of them. We do. Yeah. I have it's, expected to see protesters walking to lunch like yeah. yesterday. Um, but they did make a post online that's important for us to talk about. Um, they're going to give more information about this soon, but this is what they said. Uh, we want to acknowledge... Uh, the confusion and frustration we heard after we announced our new runtime fee policy. We'd like to clarify some of your top questions and concerns. Who is impacted by this price increase? The price increase is very targeted. In fact, more than 90% of customers will not be affected by the change. Customers Nonsense. who will be impacted are generally those who have found a substantial scale in downloads and revenue and have reached both our install and revenue thresholds. Mm -hmm. This means a low or no fee for creators who have not found the scale success yet and a modest one-time fee for those who have. 
via new installs only. Once you meet the two installs and revenue thresholds, you only pay the runtime fee on new installs after January 1st, 2024. It is not perpetual. You only pay once for an install, not an ongoing perpetual license royalty like a revenue share model. How we define and count installs. Assuming the install and revenue thresholds are met, we will only count new installs on any device starting January 1st, 2024. Additionally, developers are not responsible for paying a runtime fee on reinstall charges. We're not going to charge a fee for reinstalls. Uh, fraudulent install charges. We're not going to charge a fee for fraudulent installs. Um, trials. Uh, partial play demos and automation installs. Uh, we're not going to count those towards your install count. Early access games are not considered are considered uh, demos. Uh, web and streaming games. We're not going to count web and streaming games towards your install count either. Charity related installs. We are not going to um, do anything with uh, charity related installs. Uh, and it's not specified in this post, but somebody did follow up, uh, a reporter did, and found out if you make a gambling game, literally a game that is used to gamble using Unity, they're not going to charge you because they want more gambling games out there in the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Unity's trying to clarify it and backstep on a lot of things. But there are still issues here. Oh, no. every Everything they said is either nonsense or doesn't matter. Let, let's start with a 90% figure. Those statistics don't matter. They don't mean anything. They're not so real statistics. So many Unity installs are done based on, like, student projects. So their 90% figure makes no sense. The people who we hurt aren't even the AAA studios. It's literally every indie developer. Every indie game you like that's developed on Unity is going... The engine we made our game in could bankrupt us. So I want to put this in perspective. I know that just I, I rambled off a lot of jargon to you, um, and I want to make sure that everybody can kind of be on the same page as us. Um, as, uh, to provide an example, um, and this was one that you were talking about, Hector. Mm -hmm. This is a, like if Photoshop charged you for making a picture in Photoshop. Right. So, so here's the thing. Like, let's say my company sells all the materials you need to make a house and you're yeah. like, okay, I sell everything you need to make a house. Like if you need boards, you need plans, you need, uh, and, and we have engineers to help you build that house. Uh, you know, if you need like foundation assessments, whatever it is, everything you need to make a house, we sell right here every day. It's great. And the company that builds houses mm -hmm. is like, cool. We would like to work with you. We're going to build a badass fucking house. And then the company that sells the materials is like, okay, so, so here's the thing. After a certain amount of success, if you sell this house, that's great. That's great. But from now on, because you built the house with our shit, every time the person who owns the house opens the door, you owe us 20 cents. Mm-hmm. And the house company is like, the company that built the house is like, what in the actual fuck are you talking about? That makes absolutely no sense. Mm -hmm. How would you even keep track of that? What kind of invasion of privacy would that entail? What does that mean about everything that I did building the house? Why are you charging me when people use the product I made with your tools and materials? What? And, and honestly, just tools, not materials. Get game companies make their own materials, but you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. This situation is fucking bazonkers. What they are promoting is legally probably pretty unfeasible and undoable. It makes absolutely zero sense, and it's the greediest fucking thing I've ever fucking heard. Mm -hmm. 
And mind you, Unity was thought of as, up until this point, oh, yeah. the game engine. They, they, they were the yeah. good guys. Yeah. Everybody said, yeah, like uh, Unreal is so expensive. Unity is like, they're there for the indie developer. They're mm-hmm. there for the everyman. They have low costs. Mm-hmm. The thing is, the CEO of Unity, it was a former EA CEO. Yeah. And this CEO, by the way, if you're unfamiliar uh, with the CEO of EA who currently runs Unity, yeah. he once was quoted as saying, there should be a first-person shooter that you get you charge players every time they reload their gun right yeah straight up premium ammunition that 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 was his brainchild that's that's who's he also i think said something along the lines of and i'm paraphrasing here if you're not trying to monetize your game heavily what are you doing in this industry yeah 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 yeah. this is um i mean honestly it's super gross it's super awful anti-consumer is the word you're looking for anti-consumer but anti-developer now is yeah it's incredibly this is again like imagine if the company that fucking sells everything you need to build a house decided to shit on people who build houses yep like that's that that's where we are. That's mm-hmm. what this is. This is a hammer company charging you per nail you hammer. Mm-hmm. It makes absolutely no sense. They didn't hammer a nail. Mm-hmm. They made a hammer and you paid them once for it. Period. Yeah. Like I I I, I don't know how anyone thinks this is even remotely okay. Mm-hmm. And honestly, any game studio on the world in the world that is like oh yeah i think the next game i make after this will be with unity is insane so i want to talk a little bit about developer reactions wait, so wait, I one second I, mm-hmm. I need to make super clear because i don't think we've said it yet mm-hmm. this plan is retroactive this yes. plan that they're proposing they say applies to every game that has ever been made in unity mm-hmm. you're talking about an engine a game engine the only game engine on the market by the way capable of this that can bankrupt a studio due to their success after the game launches mm-hmm. yeah imagine this you had a really successful game that you made five to eight years ago mm-hmm. and it's been on steam for a while yeah. and like steam, a really good youtuber covers it, right? yeah steam has a sale yeah and everybody downloads and buys your game mm-hmm. and you're like oh great that's revenue that just came into me but then they start installing the game yeah and at that point you're being charged again mm-hmm. for the again. thing you've already paid for yeah and like Unity for a company, Unity for like me, which is the the tool that I've learned game dev on. Um, for me, it's basically free, mm-hmm. like I, because I don't publish a game, I use it right. to just create, mm-hmm. right? Um, but for bigger studios, like, and we're talking indie studios, like let's talk about like super giant games. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. Creators of Hades, yeah, the biggest game of like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the game of the year for most people that year. Yeah, if not everyone, right? Let's just imagine that out of nowhere, everybody just starts downloading and installing their game. Yeah. And I mean, that's not unlikely. As soon as they announce the release date for Hades 2, everyone who already played Hades is likely going to reinstall it and give it another run. Or maybe try and finish the run they were on. Mm -hmm. Now, these are people who did pay for the game, you know, four years ago. Yep. And, uh, you know, would like to refresh, but now they're installing it a second time. Mm. So what is super, super giant? And here's take? the thing. They is take it, a hit right. without selling any more copies. And, and, and when Unity came out and said like, oh, we're not going to charge for reinstall fees. Take a second to think about that because we both work in tech mm-hmm. <laughs> to have the knowledge that a computer yeah. is reinstalling a game mm-hmm. is 
an egregious amount yeah. of privacy invasion. Let's not forget that when you buy a video game, you didn't buy anything from Unity. Unity is not someone that you agreed with the with with with, with the you know with a. Uh, ESLA or anything like that mm. that you you know signed with Unity to be like hey yes absolutely you can have my IP address my email my my fucking name mm. and whatever information you're collecting to find out where and when I'm installing a video game you didn't sell me just built in your engine yeah. ten years ago mm -hmm. fuck all of this yeah fuck literally everything about this like 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 whatever information they're tracking it's too much it's legally very tenuous. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, if it happened to me, I couldn't wait to be part of a class action lawsuit. So that brings us to Game Dev Twitter. Um, mm. I don't really know talk about Game Dev Twitter on, on the show, uh, but I follow a lot of Game Devs and a bunch of Game Devs follow me. Mm -hmm. Hi, Game Devs, if you're listening. Like, you guys are wonderful. And we love you. We're sorry that you're going through this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've been following Game Dev Twitter. And basically, a lot of the companies that we are fans of have been coming out over the last several days. Mm -hmm. And either they've said all right, we have to stop development of our game and we're going to go build it in a different engine, yep. which is hard to do, by the way. They don't speak oh. the same language. Yeah, it's absolute brain flashbang. Like, you can't yeah. just, like, take a game and be like, oh, well, let's export this from Unity to Godot or fucking yeah. Unreal or mm -hmm. whatever else you can do, you know? Yep. And so there's that. There's this whole thing where, you know, the other, the other side of it, they're just going, all right, so here's the deal, y'all. We're going to um, release our game. Yeah. And then any time after that, like like yeah. Unity uh, the, the, burned the bridge the moment this announcement happened. Whether or not they go yeah. back, they could redact all of this tomorrow. But right now, all of game devs are looking at this going, well, we don't want to associate ourselves with that anymore. Yeah. Really good point of comparison. If you've been listening to our show for like the last year, what just happened within this year with Wizards of the Coast? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wizards of the Coast said, all right, we're going to make the D&D &D rule set like super expensive and we're going to get a big cut of it and we're going to do all this stuff. And they ended up eventually backtracking on their stuff saying, Oh, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to keep the open gaming license the way that it used to be. But here's the thing in the week that it took them to go back on that, everybody started making plans to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Unity 100%. has just tanked their company because nobody yeah. wants to trust it. Because once you've already tried to make this kind of announcement once, you could probably do it again. No, they made the move and they were like, hey, based on the whim of our fucking dumb ass executive, your entire model by which you paid for the license to use our engine to develop your game might change. Mm -hmm. And we might charge you something vastly different tomorrow than we charged you yesterday. Um, but we will charge you. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, why would anyone ever do business with this company ever again? Right. Uh, straight up, like, yeah. like I don't, uh, yeah. Uh, most of the, the from the Slay the Spire studio, from the studio who made Darkest Dungeon, um, from the people at New Blood who basically took a screenshot of their new Discord channel <laughs> in, in their in their company that says engine evaluation. Yeah, like you know that everyone is switching as fast as they can, as well as they can, mm -hmm. and they're like, yeah, I'll never do business with this company again. And the thing is. You can't put this back in the bottle. Right. It, this is over. Unity just drew Barrymore themselves. They mm. just decided to be like, make the most unpopular move on the planet out loud. 
We all get angry when Netflix does stuff like, hey, we're going to make you pay more to not watch commercials and people, everyone disliked that. You know, I would like yep. to not do that. Or it's like, oh, we might add B-roll and commercials in the middle of our Netflix shows for people on commercial plans. It's like, you yeah, know, we hate this. Netflix makes bad decisions. If Netflix said, hey, not only do we not pay residuals, but also um, any studio whose show gets watched owes us money, like Netflix would be over tomorrow. I want to, I'm going to pull up just one quote because I could sit here for days and quote so many game developers, but I'm going to pull up one. And this is Mega Crit, the group that made the indie hit, the indie darling Slay the Spire. Mm-hmm. A wonderful game, by the way. The Mega Crit team has been hard at work these two plus years on a new game. But unlike with Slay the Spire, the engine we've been developing is in Unity. The retroactive pricing structure of the runtime fees is not only harmful in a myriad of ways to developers, especially indies, it is also a violation of trust. We believe Unity is fully aware of this, seeing as they've gone so far as to remove their terms of service from GitHub. Despite the immense amount of time and effort our team has already poured into the development of our new title, we will be migrating to a new engine unless the changes are completely reverted and the terms of service protections are put in place. We have never made a public statement before. That is how badly you fucked up. Mm -hmm. End quote. End quote. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, again, why would anyone ever do business with this company ever, ever again? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think my favorite quote so far was from the team making Sulaco, a, uh, do, uh, a boomer shooter that I cannot wait to play that I've been watching for forever. Uh, they said, it feels really good to be developing a game in GZ Doom right now. Yeah. Another really good one, a really funny one, is the uh, the game engine RPG Maker. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a 2D. It's very SNES. Um, mm. It's a very cheap engine to buy, by the way. It's like 30 mm. bucks. You oh, can yeah. buy it on sale all the time. Yeah, you used to be able to buy it as a video game on yeah. like several discs for your PC. Um, but yeah, uh, the, uh, the crew behind uh, RPG Maker is just like, hey, by the way, you buy it one time and it's just, that's it. Yeah. Just come over and make games in our engine. We certainly don't hate our customers. <laughs> yeah, we don't hate our customers. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, game dev, uh, game devs, we love y'all, and we're sorry that you're having to go through this. Yeah, um, among all the other shit you have to go through, you make things that we play every yeah. day that we love deeply and we love talking about. Yeah, and um, yeah, it, it, it sucks to see you guys get shit on like this, mm. but we're with you, man. Yeah. All right, that's everything that we have for the news this week. Uh, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg to become a patron of our show. You can head over to facebook.com slash gnggcast where you can chat with us as well as talk to me directly at gnggcast on Twitter. But until next time, for Hector, this is James. And for James, this is Hector. Everyone, good night. And good game.